Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat to Fit podcast. I'm your host, Jay Scott, at Ned Stark's Ghost on social media, joined, as always, by my hetero life mate, Jared Shapiro, at Get Fit with Jared on social media. We are live on YouTube, and it is time to go from fat to fit. Now, see if we had an advertising or production budget. Right now, we would have an advertisement going on, or we would have a pre-roll, or we'd have a graphic or some display showing you things we've done in the past and our names and lights and all. But since we have a budget of like zero, all we can do is just say, hey, thanks for joining us. Here we are. <laughs> there. Sorry. One second. I'm having to uh, fix graphics. So uh, oh, just oh. roll with it. <laughs> okay. So while Jared is, while we're live on YouTube and Jared is busy doing something else, I'll give you a rundown of what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about getting fit without breaking the bank, um, specifically for people who are starting on a fitness journey, or maybe you're changing programs up. We're going to talk about some ways you can save money, some ways you can um, not spend more than you need to right away. But more importantly, we're going to talk about where you should be spending your money and some good things that you can invest in, because sometimes you do get what you pay for. So it's not always good to cheap out on everything. Um, that's what we're going to be talking about today as we go through the podcast with you for the next hour or so. And Jared still looks confused, so I guess he's still busy fixing a problem, and I'll just keep talking. Last week, we talked a bit about comparing our current selves to our past selves, and we got some good feedback on that by, from a lot of people who said that they had never really been positioned with having to consider how, how far they've come in terms of looking at themselves as two different people. It's easy to look at a chart, you know, it's easy to look at a graph and say, well, my weight's gone down, my weight's gone up, my lifts have gone up, my lifts have gone down. But to actually look at the whole picture of yourself from, say, now in 2021 to five years ago, or 10 years ago, or even 20 years ago, um, you know, that is kind of a big thing. So we encourage you to keep doing that, to keep reflecting, keep recollecting, and try to come up with the best picture of your future self that you can aspire to to use as a means of comparing yourself to now. And Jared gave me the thumbs up, so I'm guessing he's back with us live on yeah, the so air. Unfortunately, uh, when you're live and dealing with new software live, <laughs> sometimes graphics do funny things, uh, like delete the name of the show at the top, and you have this big purple Tremendous. blob. So, you know, it's a production guy. I can't stand for that. Um, but anyways, yes, this is the Fat to Fit podcast, and this week we are talking about starting your fitness journey without breaking the bank. Now, Jay, when you were a, a roly-poly teenager, you didn't okay. have much income. Yeah. How did you get started on your journey? Um, I worked two jobs like a man. <laughs> no, no, I'm not um, talking about your journey to your fame and fortune. I'm talking about your fitness journey. Um, no, no, actually, I, I worked two jobs through most of high school. Um, not to pay for food, though, just mostly to buy comics and toys. Um, when I first got started, actually, you know what? I think I might, uh, I might have lied a little bit. So I'll preface anything I say by this. For those of you who don't know me in real life, um, I've been hit in the head a lot, and that's not a euphemism. Um, so sometimes my memory is spotty. Um, but, George, you made me think of something just now when you said, said that. Um, I did work two jobs mostly all the way through high school. I always have been very work-oriented. That being said, um, one of the first things I saved my money up for ever was a weight set. And um, along with that weight set, I was like, well, I need to eat protein. So I've got to go buy some protein powder, right? I had no idea what I was doing. 
And I remember I bought the uh, weight set from Walmart. It was like $89, which was a lot of money in 1997 and or 1998, one of the two. And then I bought some Weeder because Triple H was on the advertisement for Weeder. So I got the Weeder protein powder muscle builder. And I remember I would put it in a Ziploc bag and I would take it to school with me and mix it in my milk at lunch and, and supplement my protein that way. And honestly um and i did i did some ridiculous stuff when i was a teenager and, and a very young adult to try to get my protein in like food lost all value to me i went from like eating like a normal teenager you know pizza rolls and like you know crap whatever to where i'm like hey i need to get 200 300 400 grams of protein in a day so let me open up this one pound can of tuna and eat the whole thing like um, I made some, some dastardly choices, um, to get my protein in, but I mean, it worked because I mean, I, I've always been big as a house and I always been very strong. And honestly, as I reflect on my life now, I think one of the, the good things about my lifting career is that I've been relatively injury free. And I think having a balanced or at least a, a decent nutrition plan with lots of healthy protein has contributed to that. So to get back to your root question. You know, how did I afford things? I mean, honestly, I worked my ass off all through high school and afterward. Um, I've never skimped on buying supplements. I've never skimped on buying protein or clean food when the diet calls for it. I've always, ever since I was a teenager, I've always prioritized what I put in my body. Now, you know, I mean, we're not perfect, right? The show is called Fat to Fit, not Fit to Fit. You know, I mean, I've certainly fallen off the wagon with my diet over the years off and on. Uh, but whenever I'm training for a contest or I'm in a cycle or something like that and I need to get my protein in, it's never been a question. I've always made it the number one priority, even to my detriment at times. Now, you, on the other hand, were a roly-poly teenager, roly-poly 20-something, and roly-poly into your 30s, you ate like a homeless man. Well, like, <laughs> what, was the, what was the turning point for you to get your diet under control? You know, with me... Um... Even being roly-poly, I was active. Uh, I did martial arts as a teenager. Um, my jobs were always on my feet throughout my 20s. Yeah, all the way through my 20s. Uh, it was a retail, or I worked at a fun park for a few years. I was up and running around. So um, being on my feet took care of burning the calories for the most part. Uh, but I made sure to stack on the pizza rolls, the Little Caesars, and the... Uh, <laughs> The Taco Bells, because hey, cheap food, um, and you know, retail guy, I'm on a budget. Uh, the problem is, <laughs> I definitely wasn't smart about my choices back then, and I had to get smarter as time went on. Um, but of course, into my 30s, when I started actually looking at trying to get into better shape, uh, I was in New York. <laughs> uh, eating in New York is not cheap. Um, so you do have to look at healthy food options. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was uh, start loading up on produce. Because you can get... Um, you can get things like uh, fruits, veggies, apples, uh, potatoes, things like that. You can stock up on at pretty affordable prices and they'll fill you up pretty well. High in fiber... Uh, not as much the proteins, but uh, that's kind of where I started when I was in New York. So, because I know before you went to New York, your idea of like 
top shelf cuisine was maybe putting a little garlic powder on your little Caesar's crust the next day. Yeah. yeah. So, so when you, when you, so when you, when you're in New York, is it like, did necessity drive you to eating healthier food? Was it truly a cost thing? And I say that because I know you're very financially motivated. Like you don't, you don't like to come off any money. So like with saving money, it's like, you know, I can save money and eat healthy. Might as well just eat healthy. Yeah. Um, well, I was doing martial arts again in New York. And yes, you can get cheap, crappy food in New York. But one of the, th- one of the things I noticed quickly was things like Hot Pockets were not as cheap up there. Um, it was Is that because easier. of Bloomberg and his, and his policies at that time? <laughs> uh, no, I just think it was the, uh, the grocery store situation is just a lot different. And it was actually easier to find fresh food at the grocery store because the produce section was pretty much half the store. Um, and yeah, just went in there, got the produce, got some boneless chicken, and I was usually set for the week. Mm, boneless huh. chicken. Yeah. I um I wouldn't have guessed that your trip to your your shouldn't say trip because you were there for six years, but I didn't know that your jaunt to New York what really got you into that because I honestly I thought you were still eating like a pig when you were up there too. Uh, on occasion. Um, it was the latter part of my time there when I was training and having to stay fit. Basically getting an office job <laughs> and yes. ballooning in the office job. That was uh, one of the first big uh, turnarounds. Um, I also tried to cut back on my lunch at said office job. I got the uh, protein powder, um, protein bars, and a lot of days that was my lunch. Ah, I remember that now because I remember you were, <laughs> um, tell me if I'm recalling this correctly. I remember you messaging me at one point and you're like, I need a protein powder that doesn't taste bad, but I can't afford to not like it. So what's the best tasting one I can get? <laughs> yeah. I think you sent me towards GNC. Um, yeah. I was like, it's the cheapest one. It tastes, you know, vanilla is vanilla and chocolate is chocolate. Anything else you're taking a chance. Yeah. yeah. So I had that tub. That's what I would drink. And then, uh, what were the bars I used to get? I can't remember. I had to order on Amazon, though. Um, I mean, they had them at GNC, but they were a lot pricier. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. But that's that's one of the tips for me when you're buying food. If you can buy in bulk, uh, it's a little bit more upfront. Yeah. But it's going to be uh, cheaper down the road. Things like protein bars are going to last for a while, so you don't have to worry about going through them as quickly as you do, you know, a bag of apples. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about that for a moment. So when you say buying in bulk, you know, I think that takes on a couple different meanings. I think a lot of people, when you say buy in bulk, they think, Oh, go to Sam's or Costco and you're getting like 30 pounds of chicken and you know, all this, the, <laughs> the average person, which is a term we hate to use, but the average person probably doesn't need that. Um, and one thing that I learned, uh, especially several years ago when I was getting ready for some of my first strongman contests, I was like, I've got to eat more protein, which goes without saying. And I'm chicken, chicken, chicken all the time. And then eating a lot of beef too, a lot of ground beef, especially ground turkey. And one thing that really helped me was like not trying to buy the fresh chicken all the time and just getting the frozen chicken. Yeah. Um, I was really against that at first because I was like, oh, the frozen chicken takes longer to cook. It's extra steps. 
But then, you know, if the price is roughly the same, you know, if you catch it on sale, you're going to save money in the long run by buying, you know, 20 or 30 pounds of frozen chicken. You can just leave in the freezer until you need it. Um, and as opposed to getting fresh chicken, which could go bad or, you know, anything can go wrong with it or you just can't cook it for some reason because of your schedule and then you've got to throw it away. Um, I think that was one of the first, I think when I really began to take my diet seriously as an adult, the, the idea of buying frozen meat when it was on sale and stocking up was probably one of the first life hacks I learned because I would also get uh, like uh, turkey burgers that back when those were just coming to market down here. Um, I could get those frozen. I could find them on sale or use a coupon somewhere. And then I've got two, three pounds of those just whenever I need them. And they're always there. And that's a habit that I still have to this day. My freezer for my entire life has never not had frozen turkey in it. Like there's two pounds in there right now from like maybe a year ago. I don't even know if it's still good at this point. Um, but I always have frozen turkey. <laughs> yeah. Just thaw it out and hope for the best. I always have frozen turkey in there. That's always my uh, my backup. Um, yeah, we've so, got our, uh, our meat drawer as well. You know, protein is, is always the big thing. So let's start there with um, some hacks you found maybe. Um, for me, when it comes to protein, I kind of, you know, and, and not to, um, I guess, put on airs, but I think like there's kind of entry level stuff and then there's kind of intermediate stuff. And, and I'm kind of an intermediate level with my life right now because to me, quality of the protein and the, the type of protein I get in my body now is just as important as the amount. Um, so for an example, um, you mentioned Taco Bell earlier, right? Which is a place that no, you don't need to eat anything from Taco Bell. It's all bad for you. Only if you need to um, clear things out. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So Taco Bell, like, uh, you know, one of my, uh, guilty pleasures is the Doritos Locos tacos. I love those. Right. And, you know, one only only has 170 calories and it's got eight grams of protein, which is don't nothing, but it sodium. is what it is. Oh, I don't look at anything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but because I, I, here's the thing, like, I, you know, so, quick, quick sidebar. When I make the decision to like, OK, it's time to cheat a little bit. What am I going to get? There's no reason to have the cheat meal if you're going to worry about it. You know, like, so the other day, um, I think I may have been texting you when I was in my storage unit. I was organizing some comics and stuff, and I was starving when I got there. And I went there, and on the way in, I stopped the Taco Bell. I got the Doritos Locos tacos. I got the big Baja Blast. I was in, and I was like, I'm not going to count the calories. It doesn't matter. I'm not going <laughs> to count the sodium. I'm not going to count the fat. I'm just going to enjoy these tacos in this Mountain Dew. And it was divine. And, you know, and that's kind of where I fall on this is like, you know, if you're going to cheat, enjoy it. It doesn't mean you have to see like how many thousands of calories you can eat at one time, but you have your cheat meal. It's good. Enjoy it. Go back to what you're doing. But um, like, so like each one of those tacos is eight grams of protein. So if you get the combo, you get three tacos, you get 24 grams of protein, which is a reasonable amount of protein, but the protein in the tacos comes from like the lowest quality beef you could possibly get. Um, the cheese is probably not great either. Sub-gummed. And yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's the lowest quality stuff ever. And that's the problem with fast food is with few, with few exceptions. Cause there are some places that try, you know, to, to improve, but you're getting the lowest quality food possible. And if you're looking at 
fast food for a protein source, not only are you getting the lowest quality protein, which is going to yield you the lowest results for your physique, but you're also probably getting a ratio of fat to protein that's like two or three to one. You know, like if you get a bur- like a, a re- just a regular qu- quarter pounder patty from McDonald's or Burger King, might have 15 grams of fat, 18 grams of fat, but or a protein, but they're going to have 30, 40 grams of fat on the low end. You know, so if you're looking at just protein, it's like, well, I can go and eat this burger and it's got 35 grams of protein, but that's not worth the 100 grams of fat that comes with it. You're better off to get a protein bar or get a protein shake. Or if, you know, protein is really your concern, instead of spending the money on the fast food, go buy something shelf stable and maybe you'll get two meals out of it. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that the, I think the average person, especially if you're starting on your journey, you need to focus on getting more protein because you're definitely not getting enough if you haven't been trying. And then once you get into a rhythm of, okay, I'm getting the amount of protein I need, then you really need to focus on the quality of the protein. You need to make sure you're eating lean meats. You need to eat, be eating a variety of meat unless you're you know vegetarian. You don't eat meat, which is a separate conversation. This, this conversation is for meat eaters. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, neither of uh, us are experienced vegetarians. Yeah, but but even even then, I would say because um, you know, remember my cousin Brian was vegan for the longest time, and he turned me on to like black bean burgers and portobello mushroom caps, and those are sources of protein. Like it's not not to say that they're they're you know better or worse than anything, but they're whole food sources of protein. They're minimally processed. They're not you know chock full of fat, and you know so maybe your pro maybe you do a meatless Monday or something, and instead of eating a burger for dinner or whatever. You get black bean patty, you get portobello mushroom caps, you get tofu, you know, you know, anything like that. And then I always recommend people find what works well for your digestive system and then make sure you play to your strengths in that way. Like I know that chicken and God knows I've eaten a million pounds of chicken in my life, but chicken makes me feel terrible every time I eat it. Really? I don't know why. Yeah, dude, it's the craziest thing. I eat one chicken breast just one chicken breast and I am bloated like a cow. So I feel like I feel that has started with me the last couple of years with beef. Really? Yeah. And see, but that's actually more common though. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the red meat's more of a sensitivity thing. I still love beef, but if I were to eat beef every night, I would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> and see, I, I eat beef seven days a week and feel like a God King looking down over my, kingdom from high atop my pyramid you know well but the problem is that my cholesterol is completely out of control so i've had to cut back my beef tremendously yeah yeah that that god king feeling might just be yeah. some internal chemicals going crazy <laughs> it might be the impending stroke yeah <laughs> yeah i um which i think i've mentioned on the show before i, I have had to cut back my red meat consumption um my triglycerides and my cholesterol pretty high and I've done all I could do without cutting back the red meat. I eat the whole grains. I eat my fruits and vegetables. I cardio. I stay hydrated. I eat whole grain oats. I pretty much do everything I can. Um, and I've been losing weight. And my cholesterol and triglycerides stay the same. So I, my doctor was like, the last thing you can try is get rid of red meat. And if that doesn't do it, then we'll have to put you on something. So oh, no. um, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to avoid at all costs. I mean, I'm not gonna. Like, I don't care. I'm not gonna. Yeah. But Well, that was one of the things I had to do to cut back on my... Uh blood pressure to get off the those terrible meds that I hated so much. Yeah. Um, just had to cut back on sodium. I had to cut back on red meat. It's not completely gone. I just can't eat it every day and feel like a god king. I'd feel like a lowly peasant. 
Uh, but I think it's, it's really important that we start this conversation about fitness on a budget with food because one of the one of the excuses I use for the longest time and one of the ones I hear the most often is I can't afford to eat healthy because for $5 I can go to Taco Bell and buy this box with yeah. a burrito, a taco, cinnamon thingies, and a soda, which um, for 20-year-old Jared sounds like a hell of a deal. <laughs> but for 40-year-old Jared sounds like a nice heart attack. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did look up the sodium on one of those boxes. If you yeah. if you go on Taco Bell's website, they give you the whole meal uh, <laughs> nutrition facts. <laughs> that's 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 easily a week's worth of sodium in one meal. Um, yeah, and, and that's the um, and that's the problem is like I think a lot of people, especially people who are getting started, you know, they're just getting getting going. They like they'll look at the five dollar Taco Bell box and say, "Wow, that's a great deal." But the reality is, I think a lot of people, they focus so much on the f- like feeling satisfied. You know, like a $5 Taco Bell box, you're going to eat it and you're going to feel amazing, right? Because all that fat and salt just flowing through you, it's going to be amazing. And then the mouth feel of all those foods. Because, I mean, these big companies, <laughs> yeah, these big companies pay millions of dollars to make sure they can, you know, their food scientists constitute things that make people feel good. And that make people like the mouth feel is memorable and unique and the experience of eating the food that leaves an imprint on you that keeps people coming back and back and back. But then if you just like look at it on paper completely dispassionately, you know, yes, it's hard to compete $5, you know, in terms of calories. But the thing is that $5 Taco Bell box you're paying for, you're basically paying for fat and sugar. You know, you're not paying for protein. You're certainly not paying for fiber. You know, you're not paying for, you know, having an abundance of vitamins and minerals in what you eat, you know, so for five bucks, I mean, realistically, you could go get yourself a salad and a protein bar and not only have a much healthier meal, you consume about two thirds less calories and none of virtually none of it are, would be from bad fats and you'd have just as much protein, if not more. And God knows 10 times the fiber, if you get like a quest bar or a zero bar, that's loaded with fiber. So I think that the idea of it's expensive to, to eat healthy, I really think is a cop out for a lot of people because I think a lot of people just they want that. Talk that's about. well, yeah, they, they they want it and they that's how they justify it. And like honestly, getting saying no to the the food that tastes good, that's the last hurdle for someone to overcome. Because when you start looking at food as fuel and not fun, that's when you're going to make some progress. Because yes. when you start looking at hey, what do I enjoy eating? Okay, well, does that help me? Does that further my goal? Does that make me stronger or faster? Does it make me feel good? And when you start to have those honest but tough conversations with yourself, that's when you really learn what your priorities are. And for some people, the priorities are it's eating fast food. Yeah. You know, it's it's feeling good about themselves and getting a venti frappuccino with 600 calories. You know, like that's what makes them feel good. And I'm not knocking anybody, you know, because no one's perfect here, let, let alone us. But I know if I want to, <laughs> exactly. Like, but I know if I want to train a certain way and look a certain way, I have to eat a certain way. Abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. Yes. Um, although the gym helps with the crunches, but you know, another story. Um, yeah. And I think you mentioned a cheat meal. You don't want every meal to be your cheat meal. Cause then it's not your cheat meal. But over time, if you start focusing on, 
taking that $5 and making a healthy $5, the next time you have that $5 box from Taco Bell, you're going to notice the after effects a lot more, <laughs> and you're going to want it a lot less. I can yep. promise you, because I've been there. <laughs> and, um, and that's the same, like, uh, I try to tell people a lot, uh, the, basically the same thing with caffeine. Like, people these days are, they just fetishize getting caffeine. There's caffeine in everything. And, you know, the reality is, is that most people are so caffeinated that it doesn't, there is no benefit to performance anymore. You know, and, and even that my phrasing there, what's the benefit to performance? Because that's how I look at things. So is this coffee going to help me perform more or is it going to make me feel better about myself? And people have turned getting coffee into this weird, like, oh, my God, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. Right. And like this obnoxious, <laughs> sarcastic. And it's like the, the purpose of having this in the morning is to start your day. So you don't start yes. behind. But if, if you have so much in the morning, oh, then my lunch coffee and then my after work coffee and then my pre-workout and then I'm going to have some tea before bed, you've never let your body gear down at all. So your, your nervous system is, is just here all the time. So like I tell people, it's good every couple months, you know, detox yourself from the caffeine too. Same thing with sugar. If you find yourself sneaking sugar into your diet that, you know, maybe you didn't plan on, you know, accidents happen. Um, detox from the sugar for a week and come back and then you'll actually feel it when it hits you, you know, um, like the caffeine, sugar, you know, all those things that are very good for you in a certain amount, you know, if you have them all day, every day, there's no, there's no benefit anymore because your body adapts to it. And, and you're right. It's the same thing with healthy food. Once you start cutting out fast food and I say fast food specifically because all fast food, whether it's Taco Bell, McDonald's, they all have similar nutrition profiles and they're bad. And when you start cutting that stuff out, you're cutting out a lot of fat and a lot of sodium from your diet and a lot of cholesterol. And your body is going to adjust to that and it might feel weird. And then if you come back to, you know, if you detox yourself from that, that bad fast food for a couple of weeks, come back to it, your body's going to be like, wait a second, dude, we're not, no. <laughs> and that's when you have the diarrhea. <laughs> You know, because your yes. body's like, it's, it has to come out, you know, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and it sounds silly, but it's true because your body does adapt good and bad. So you have to take responsibility for your actions by saying, hey, I, I want my body to be used to doing the good stuff and having the good stuff. And my performance, your improved performance is going to be the benefit to making those dietary choices, because if you treat your body well, you feed it well and you keep it healthy, well, then you'll be more likely able to do the things you want to do. You know, you can't, there's, there's only one Usain Bolt. You know, Usain Bolt, you know, when he won his first Olympic gold medal, he talked about he ate nothing but McDonald's and training, right? No one listening to this show is Usain Bolt, okay? <laughs> so don't think that's going to work for you because it isn't, you know? I don't know if you ever saw the, uh, the old SNL skit with, uh, what's his name? Man, Hades guy. He wasn't in Ghostbusters. Why is it not coming to me now? Belushi. John Belushi. Okay. Um, it was the Little Chocolate Donuts commercial. You ever seen this? I have never seen this. So John Belushi, he's a guy that's built like us. <laughs> um, it's, it's this inspiring commercial of an Olympic athlete that is John Belushi. As he's sitting there chain smoking while eating these little chocolate donuts like you get in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that, that that makes me think about that, which uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's on YouTube and well worth looking up. 
Uh, but something I want to add, too, to that, fast food is not just McDonald's and Taco Bell. True. If, if you decide to treat yourself and go to Applebee's or uh, one of our favorite treat places, Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> look at the nutrition facts on that stuff, too. I do not go to Cheesecake Factory to look at the nutrition facts. I <laughs> don't care one, one bit. There is one meal on the Cheesecake yeah. Factory menu under a thousand calories. Yeah, um, and it sucks. It is. It's basically chicken with some broccoli. Uh, yep. Same thing. And, uh, <laughs> when I went to Applebee's one time, I'm like ah, I can't cheat today. Let me see what they got. Well, steak and broccoli. <laughs> that's, that's well, let it. me pause you. Let me pause you right there because I think we get we get yeah. two points. Why were you there if you weren't prepared to eat eat there? Um, it was a celebration night for something. So but why did the group you... wanted to go? Okay, but why didn't you? And, and this is maybe you weren't at that level of sophistication yet. If you knew they were going somewhere where you couldn't find what you needed, why didn't you eat beforehand or bring your own food? I don't know if I pre-game dinner. See, and, and that's a and that's a, a relatively advanced concept for a lot of people, yeah. you know, and, and I, I'm the king. Like, I don't leave the house without a backup snack. Right. Part because I'm gluten free and that's some road trips. <laughs> sometimes being gluten free makes it difficult to find things on the fly. So that's part of it. You know, and so like if I go anywhere, I've got my little bag and I might have a water bottle in there, a spare one and a protein bar. You know, I, I never leave the house without that. So, like, if, if I'm stuck somewhere with some people, and they're like, hey, we're going to go eat here, and I'm like, well, that's not really for me, but this protein bar will tie me over, right? So, I mean, I think that's one point. One point is something to think about for, for those of you who are new to the lifestyle or trying to upgrade your lifestyle. Your food choices are your responsibility. And if every decision you make is like, well, the group was going here. Well, we go out drinking on Wednesdays. We, you know, we do this on Fridays. It's Taco Tuesday. If you, you, there are always excuses. There's an excuse for everything, but there's always an excuse for everything. So what's your excuse for not planning? You know, and that's not to make anyone feel bad or guilt them because Lord knows I've been guilty of it forever. But when I made the decision that my performance came first, that's when I started packing meals and just taking it places with me, you know, or checking the menu ahead of time to making sure there's something there that I want. You know, and that's another thing too. Like you said, well, there's nothing to eat but steak and broccoli. What's the problem? Food. <laughs> food yeah. equals fuel. Food does not equal fun. You know, exactly. that's the difference. Is like food should be fuel and not fun. But in America, food is nothing but the experience. Taste out the window. It's all about the experience, and that's what we pay for. Except Cheesecake Factory, because <laughs> Cheesecake Factory is the greatest place on the world next to like Disneyland. Um, I went to Cheesecake Factory about three weeks ago. I, I'm pretty sure that even now um, my heart is still recovering from the load I put on it. Um, I got myself... Probably, especially if you got the cheesecake. I got the triple bacon cheeseburger. God. La large, large fries. <laughs> And uh, Reese's peanut butter cup cheesecake. The cheesecake alone was like 1,100 calories. <laughs> so, I, I think it was you know, 1,400 the, actually. I hate to tell you. <laughs> yeah, the the, bur the burger was I think around 14 or 15, and you know the fries are probably another. So I mean that's like a 3,000 calorie meal, and I did not care one bit because that was my thing. I'm like, this is what I eat today, you know, and I have Tomorrow's cheesecake. 
tomorrow <laughs> and tomorrow I'm back on the routine, you know, and um, I think, you know, since, you know, food is such a fun thing, I think, you know, unless you're training for a contest or a competition of some sort, you know what, get some cheesecake factory once in a while, right? Not every week, that's, even, that's, you know, maybe, you, you know, maybe once a month, like, and I say that, say, and I say that to people who are not training for a contest or competition, because if you're just training to be healthier, you're training to be stronger, you're training to be more flexible just for yourself, you're accountable to yourself. So maybe you can't allow Cheesecake Factory once a month and it won't mess you up. You'll be fine. If you're training for a contest or competition or a sport, there's probably not room for Cheesecake Factory for you. You know, and I say that, you know, being a person who's been in that mode, you know, many, many times in my life, if I've got, you know, eight or nine weeks to get dialed in for something, you know, that one trip to Cheesecake Factory can stop all of that progress. And and it's my fault. I can't blame anyone. I can't blame anyone but myself if on show day, I turn up and I can't perform to the best of my ability. Is that worth eating cheesecake? You know, is that worth eating fries and pizza and everything? No, of course it isn't. You know, and if it is, then you shouldn't be competing. You know, the body, and, and I don't want to sound like an edge lord or anything, but if you've got a contest or a competition in mind, if that's not driving you every day, you shouldn't be competing. Don't throw your hat in the ring if you can't be obsessed with it. You know, yeah, and not it. We're we're training someone for a competition at uh, my jujitsu dojo right now. Really? That's, yeah, that's that's one of the. I'm not. I'm too old for that crap. <laughs> that's why one of the. Uh, see, uh, see that kind of that kind of talk <laughs> right there, man. That doesn't live in my house. Well, this is one of the things that came up. We we had her basically rolling with everyone in turn yeah um doing different drills and at one point the i can't do this came up and our coach is like all right well quit now because yeah. your opponent is doing this and they're doing it thank, more thank so, you yeah your competition is not taking a day off exactly so you can't um, exactly but to bring this back to the uh the budget uh your pre-gaming dinner um is a really good point here as well because if you're trying to keep costs down you know that your friends want to go to cheesecake factory you're like well <laughs> i don't want to blow 20 bucks on food that's not healthy for me get yourself a get yourself a protein bar on the way um yeah or, 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 or take one with you yeah and another thing at restaurants if you do find yourself in a restaurant and things are looking kind of dicey don't be afraid to ask the waitress for some substitutions um, you know, like, you know, Cheesecake Factory has a 12-page menu with 175 items. I feel confident in saying if you ask them for some rice in a chicken breast, they can get it for you. Yes. You know, um, I've done that plenty of times at different restaurants. Like you mentioned Applebee's for, you know, spoiler alert for those who don't know, Jared and I like going to Applebee's. You know, but since I'm gluten-free now, there's not much at Applebee's I can eat off the menu. I've been there plenty of times, and I'm like, hey, can I get plain chicken breast? You guys have that back there? Yeah, we have that. Cool. Plain chicken breast, double up some broccoli. How about it? Like, that's that's, no that's a meal. Yeah. Um, yeah, chicken chicken burger, no bun. You know, hamburger, no bun, for that matter, if, if that's what your only option is. Like, there's always an option, but I think a lot of people are intimidated to be different. Yeah. And... And I think that's where you and I are always on opposite, like opposite sides of the seesaw. I've been different since the day I was born. I look different. I act different. Like my demeanor is different. My wiring is different. I have no qualms about sitting outside the norm. 
And I've never once hesitated to put, I shouldn't say put my needs first because that sounds a little selfish, but like my needs in terms of like my training, my nutrition, my rehab, all those things have always come first for me because if I want to wrestle, if I want to be a strong man, I want to power lift, I have to take care of myself. And being as big as I am, that takes on a lot of different meanings. And I think a lot of people are just like, they want to sit down with their friends and go hang out. They want to go to the barbecues and the parties and stuff and, you know, eat the, the, the food that's there. But if that's not helping your goals, you're only putting more work on yourself. And, and you know, for those of you who are maybe younger that, you know, haven't been around as much, I'm going to let you know on a little secret. No one cares what you do. No one cares what you look like. No one cares what you're wearing. No one certainly cares what you're eating. The people that love you want you to be happy and fulfilled. And if that means eating chicken breast and broccoli at the restaurant or running laps before work or riding your bike to work or whatever to burn calories, then people are going to encourage you to do that. You know, you let people in on what you're doing. People will help you, um, you know, to keep it more budgetary. I can remember when I was younger, um, you know, and when I say younger, I'm probably 19, 20, 21, somewhere along in there. I mean, some months it was all I could do to pay my gym membership, you know, um, because back then, you know, now you can go to any gym in the world for $10 a month. But, you know, when we were coming up, a gym membership would be 40 to 50 bucks. And that's on the low end. You know, in yeah. some months I just didn't have that because 50 bucks in 19, well, in 2001, 50 bucks is like 80 or 90 bucks now, I think. So um, I would, I would struggle. I would struggle a lot. And, you know, I would just, my mom or my dad sometimes would come through and be like, hey, um, you know, I bought you some extra egg whites, you know. Um, I got you a, a thing of chicken breast to put your name on it. It's in the freezer. Like they supported me, you know, in little ways like that, that helped a lot. And even now friends of mine, you know, if they have a thing, it's like, well, what can you eat? Cause I want you to come and eat with us, you know, cause part of it's a gluten-free, but part of it, you know, people know that I have a pretty kind of regimented diet. So it's like, well, are you good with broccoli? Yeah, I'm good with broccoli. Okay. What about meat? Anything that's lean. Okay. I got you. Don't worry about it. You know, um, so for people out there, let people support you, like let people know what you're doing, because if people know what you're trying to accomplish, not only is that going to help you be more accountable, but you're going to get a lot more support from people than you think. Now, uh, flipping it over, since you, you mentioned gym memberships, um, mm. half of getting fit is your diet because that's the calories in, but the other half is getting those calories out. Um, now, you mentioned, I remember this too, about 2000, yeah, about 2001, uh, Life Quest, I think it was, was big in the Charleston area. Yes, is that the one? Yeah, and uh, I remember watching Tough Enough when it, that first season it came on. I was like, "Hey, hey, this 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 getting in shape thing. Maybe I should try that." So uh, I joined Life Quest. It was like forty five dollars a month. Uh, it was one of the more inexpensive gyms at the time too, and uh, I mean, it worked out well for me, but. A lot of people can't do that $45 a month. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that there are a lot of other options out there uh, other than pricey gym memberships. Um, as much as I love martial arts, I know that's not a not an inexpensive way to get your fitness on. Um, but as I've mentioned on the show in the past, I'm a fan of Planet Fitness. Um, I have a membership there. I go maybe a couple times a month because I'm doing so many other things. But I keep... I keep that on hand because if I'm traveling for, was it 25 a month right now, I can go to any Planet Fitness. Mm -hmm. um, I have to take a trip up to New York next month for, uh, for work. 
Um, I'm not going to be able to do my martial arts there. I can do DDP yoga in the room, maybe, depending on how big the room is. Um, but I know there's a Planet Fitness up there. So there I go. I've got a, pl- yeah. I've got a way to go work out. Uh, I know you're a fan of Crunch. Um, and while they have memberships that allow you to train other places, you may not need to pay for that. So mm-hmm. take a look at the gyms around you. Because, because being realistic, if you're struggling to pay for a gym membership, you probably shouldn't be traveling. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, unless you have to. But at the same time, I'm paying that 25 to be able to go to any Planet Fitness. If I just go to that one club, it's 10 bucks. I think Crunch is the same way for you. It's like yeah, Crunch is the same way. Dude, the $10 a month I pay for Crunch is the absolute, like, the one bill I have no qualms with because Crunch is probably one of the, is one of the biggest gyms I've ever been in. It is the cleanest gym I've ever been in. All of the machines work. If something ever gets broken or damaged, it gets replaced or repaired. Um, You know, and that's to say nothing of the atmosphere in there because the atmosphere is very good. But even if the atmosphere wasn't like just paying ten dollars a month to have access to all that equipment, are you crazy? Like that's a it's crack prices. Yeah. You know, and like I remember back before gyms were all the rage, you know, I'd be paying sixty five or seventy dollars a month to have access to a gym and go in and just well, I hope a treadmill's working because that wasn't always the case. Like one of the I think three. People, yeah, I think people don't realize that now, like fitness is so accessible and so I hate to say cheap because that's a bad word, but so affordable in a lot of ways. Yeah, affordable, I think, is the best word for it. You know, so if you've got if you got ten dollars a month, you know, get you a, a Planet Fitness or Crunch membership or whatever's near near you. Get that membership. Take advantage of the free classes that they offer or the free seminars. Like Crunch Fitness has an app where you can um, they have fitness challenges at home. If you can't make it to the gym, you can log what you do there and win prizes and stuff. Like. These, these businesses have all figured out that engagement is what wins the day. And they're all trying to find ways of keeping you engaged while getting you healthy. You know, um, I think, um, I think most of those lower price monthly gyms that are out there now, along with being affordable, also are, uh, well, hours wise approachable. Uh, yeah. Planet Fitness famous for 24 hours now. Um, <clears throat> The pandemic has affected some of these hours, so obviously check locally. Um, but I know that a lot of Planet Fitness are going back to the 24 hours, at least during the week. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Crunch is, what, 6 to 10? Um, 6 to it's, 11? It says uh, 6 to 11 during the week and then 6 to 8 on the weekend. And, that, so and I'm pretty if, sure the hours are that way most most locations. Yeah, so even if you're working your two jobs uh, in high school, get yourself a membership. Go after one of your jobs. You can. Yeah. <laughs> there's enough time where you can squeeze it in there, and if you don't, there's no one to blame but yourself in this case. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I always, I always take uh, great offense to a lot of fitness-oriented podcasts when it's like, you know, you better do this if you want to win. Like you, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. you know. But the reality is, man, success don't come easy. You know, and and I say that with, with all the love in my heart to anyone listening, but like. I remember when I graduated from high school, um, I had an hour commute to work every day. And oftentimes I was working a nine hour shift. So I've got 11 hours a day. I'm tied up and I'm like, if I want to work out, I have to go before work 
which means I'm going to have to, you know, find a gym close to work, which costs more money. I'm going to have to pack my clothes. I'm going to have to pack at least a lunch and a dinner, if not more, because I can't afford to eat out. Right. And even if I could, there's no good options. So, dude, I can recall, I mean, literally hundreds of days of my life driving an hour to the gym that used to be down here, Charleston Health and Fitness, rest in peace. It's up in gym heaven now. Um, you know, I drive there in the morning and sometimes I would just be like zonked out and I do cardio and do my weights or whatever. Then I take a shower, then I drive to work and then I work all day and then drive an hour home. And, you know, spoiler alert, there's no stopping for dinner on the way home. When I get home, I got to cook something to eat, you know, and that's how I cut my teeth as an adult. So like a lot of people like right now, even like I, I I'm, I'm juggling essentially three different jobs. Um, one's already more than full time. The other two take up a lot of time each week. I've got this podcast. I've got another podcast. Um, I'm drawing, I'm getting famous on TikTok, and I'm going to the gym <laughs> three, four days a week. How are you doing all that? You know, I, I was talking to a young lady today and she was like, how do you find the time? And I'll say, baby, it's not about finding the time. It's about making things a priority. You yeah. know, now, like, like right now, like I got home from work about an hour and well, before we started about an hour and a half or about an hour before we started. And I got some food in me, you know, took care of my personal needs, got my clothes out for later. As soon as we're done, I'm going to go right here on this couch and take a nap. When I wake up, I got to, I got to go over my financials for the month, pay some bills. And then I got an appointment at eight 30. And then and when I come home from that, then I've got to update my calendar for the month of July and be asleep by 1130. And that doesn't sound romantic because it isn't, but if I want to maintain everything I'm doing, I have to prioritize and I have to put in the effort. And I think a lot of people don't know that like whether your fitness goal is to lose weight or to, to be strong or anything, you've got to work your ass off. And part of that is like the majority of that work doesn't Literally. take place in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't take place in the gym. It happens in life getting there. It's about prepping your meals, getting your clothes clean, you know, keeping up with your hygiene traveling things like that like you have to learn to love the grind because if you don't like you're never going to maximize your potential you're never going to realize your potential you're always going to be you know middle of the pack until you find the you know i hate to say the guts but until you find it within yourself to just say i'm i'm going to do whatever it takes to be successful once you once you get that mindset then you can start looking at like okay how can i maximize my day from day to day how can i maximize my weeks and my months and figuring out what's best. And part of that is financial. You have to, to budget your meals. You have to budget for your gym membership. Um, you know, one thing that- you Budget uh, your time. You have to budget your time, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, the concepts behind budgetary thinking don't just apply to, to finances. It applies to time too. Is, is this worth me spending an hour on? You know, is this worth me spending 30 minutes on? That's what you have to ask yourself all the time. Um, you know, one thing that, that I guess we can get to as we're starting to wind up a little bit, um, saving money, uh, gear, you know, th that's, that's not an easy topic because everybody has different things they're doing. Um, but you know, one thing I kind of wanted to impart on everybody is, you know, if you've got, no matter what you do fitness wise, whether it's lifting weights or, you know, running or anything, um, I've found the best investment I can possibly make is a good pair of shoes. Absolutely. Um, and I was thinking about this last night because with uh, Amazon Prime Day, uh, I was looking at some new wrestling shoes and 
the red Adidas Warrior Three wrestling shoes that I have now in 2021, I bought in like 2008. Those shoes have never torn, nor ripped, nor failed me in any way. They cost $150, which was like, it took an act of God for me to buy those shoes that day. Um, It would have been the same for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I've now had these shoes going on 13 years, and they've never once failed. I've wrestled hundreds of wrestling matches in them. I've done strongman contests in them. I've done powerlifting in them. I've gone to the gym in them. I've done CrossFit in them. I've done everything in them. And it's like, man, like these shoes are indestructible. Like it's totally worth the money. So like, you know, you can skimp on a lot of things, but, but like, if you're going to be on your feet, you know, anything fitness wise, get a good pair of shoes, man, spend the money, you know, get something that fits right. Um, if you're going, if you're a runner, like going to the store and getting your foot measured properly. So you are wearing the right size that saved me a ton of time in my life by making sure I get my proper shoe size, because I've got a weird, I got a weird body. Nothing fits me. You know, and a regular 12 or a 13 just won't get it done. I got to get the wides, you know, and little things like that, you know, spending money can save you a lot of headaches down the road. Yeah, I think uh, I learned that lesson with shoes in New York because before moving up, even being on my feet all the time at work, I didn't want to drop more than 40 or $50 on shoes. I don't care how the shoes look, as long as they don't look dumb. Um, and that, to me, was all it was until... I finally realized, you know what? I need a nicer pair of shoes because I'm walking all the time in New York. I don't have a car. Um, so I dropped around 120 on a pair of Nikes. Lasted me three years. Which definitely impressed me with all the walking I did up there. And Well, the shoes before it lasted me maybe six months. <laughs> so Man, I, I, um, I feel the same way with... Um, but, so I've got like in my head a shoe hall of fame. And... In my red Adidas shoes right now, they're going to be inducted one day. But the last pair of shoes that got inducted, um, what I think I bought these in 2001, maybe 2002, is when um, they came out with the first Michael Vick shoe, back when Michael Vick was brand new to the world. Um, I bought those uh, at, at the store. They were 150 bucks, And I wore those shoes every day at the gym. And back then, it's when I was training uh, people to wrestle at the, well, what is now the Keller Wrestling Academy, hashtag Keller guys. Um, I was in the ring, you know, I mean, not not year round, but for several months out of the year, you know, two or three times a week, training for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, wearing those shoes. And those shoes never let me down. They never broke down on me. They always looked nice. They, They were comfortable. They protected my ankles. You know, and I wore those shoes for years before I finally had to give them up. I actually, I remember they got a crack in the, in the, like in the sole and I ran tape around it and I'm like, this tape will be fine. <laughs> I was I like, I don't die. Tape. Don't die on me, buddy. I need you. Like, you know, it's like, you know, after a while everything goes, but you know, a good pair of shoes is, is worth its weight in gold, worth their weight in gold. Um, don't spend money on a fancy gym bag, go to Walmart get a get a foldable bag for eight or nine dollars um you know and i'm sure we can do a session one day on things to spend money on but just like off the top of my head just a few pointers like things like gloves and straps and elbow sleeves and knee sleeves all those things have value all those things are are worth buying if you're a novice it's not worth spending a lot of money on because you don't yet know what you need um it it may be good for you to get a couple cheapy things to find out like what kind of fit you like or like what kind of 
support you you think you need because you might buy stuff and find out that you really don't need it at all um you know for the average person who's just trying to get in better shape i would contend you don't need any equipment other than what's available at the gym but yeah, you know shorts as, and a t-shirt yeah comfy shorts and t-shirt comfy shoes and you're good to go you don't need all this other stuff you know like for me i became a gear junkie when i started doing strongman because sometimes you do need to buy certain things just to use one just to do one event or one implement so like my gym bag is chock full of equipment but there's a use for all of it it's not there just so i look cool and i think that's something where some some new people you're not just with fitness but with music or art or anything people just start buying gear because it's there but it's more important for you to know what you're know what you're doing so you know what gear you need versus buying gear and then trying to justify using it and make sure what you're doing is what you want to do before yes dropping the money because nothing beats the guy that drops five hundred dollars on gear for racquetball and decides eh, this is dumb let me go jogging instead <laughs> sure you, know, you can like, repurpose the shoes that's about it <laughs> you know i think probably the best example i've got of this from my life is when i was getting ready for a powerlifting contest um you know the organization that i was going to lift for they had very strict um guidelines about what kind of belt you could use and the belt that i had um it it was like you, you the belt could only be four inches in in uh width and my and the belt i have is like four and one eighth of an inch and i was like well i don't want to get there and get disqualified so i found their official belt supplier and the company that made the belt is toro um for those of you who are in, into that world um toro belts like hey you know all of our belts are approved um and then i was like oh great awesome and then <laughs> and then it's like oh by the way none of none of our belts will fit you uh but we can make you a custom belt and i'm like oh great yeah let's do that 165 dollars later which <laughs> honestly wasn't even that expensive because there are far more expensive belts out there but me not knowing what a toro belt felt like or how it felt on me there's no way to try it i was like give me the cheapest custom belt you can get and then if I like it, I'll know what I need to move on. And I mean, I, I still wear that belt proudly in the gym now. It's got, it'll never, it's got a lifetime warranty. It'll never go away. It's nearly an inch thick of leather. Like it's never going to wear away. Um, you know, but if I ever, you know, if I ever get back into competing, I would upgrade that belt into something a little more economical, uh, economical in terms of how it fits me, not in price. Cause the price will be astronomical um, for my size, but you know, it's all about finding what you need to support your lifestyle, not making a lifestyle to support what you have. And, and that's probably the best advice I can give anybody related to their finances, you know, write down what you want to do, dream about what you want to do, you know, meditate on it and then start saying, what do I need to do to achieve it? You know, what do I, how do I need to feed myself? How do I need to train? How do I need to balance my life? You know, don't let your life dictate what your goals are. Let your goals drive how you live your life. Well said. <laughs> well, I think on that note, we're about to hit the hour mark. And, uh, well, I've got dinner to fix. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Um, folks, before yeah. we leave you, uh, find me. You see my handle there, at Ned Stark's Ghost. Find me on TikTok. I'm doing some crazy lifts. All the videos are up there. And you can find me at Get Fit with Jared, also down below. Uh, I will not be on TikTok, but you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and uh <laughs> And Facebook as well at the Get Fit with Jared. Um, also, getfitwithjared.com. It right now takes you to the Facebook, but that's a start until I fill with the website. Yeah, yeah, I've been sitting on that for like two years. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get the, the website finished up. Um, 
I just keep restarting it. Anyways, enough about that. Well, make sure, tweet us, Instagram us, or TikTok him. Um, let us know if you got a topic you want to hear us discuss. Uh, let us know if you got some feedback, um, other than telling us how pretty we are, because we know. And uh, we'll see you next time.